0: We we give you we give you every bit of turmoil. We give you just the constant fighting back and forth between both parties. Obviously, obviously, you've you've put our president at this point to where Jesus, he can't possibly win unless it's ordained by you. We have that much coming against us. So thank you. Thank you for the timeliness of the video right now. I do pray protection right now over our president. You know what? I, I pray protection from even, even for our very channel, even for the PSB channel, guys. It, so much of what we share is spiritually driven. It, Jesus, protect Each and every individual family of this channel protect our children from from the onslaught uh, of these. I, I do. I rebuke you right now, Satan, in the name of Jesus, that all of this corruption, all of this just absolute evil would stay away from our families, stay away from our households, stay away from our president, that we would truly have... Yes, we expect to fight during this second term of President Trump's, but I'm declaring again that there will be a second term, that whether it be the military or whatever higher powers, Jesus, you put right now in our reality uh, here on earth, I pray that there would be a distinct difference between what is evil to people And what is of you, Jesus Christ, that there would be a huge revival of Christians across our entire nation just waking up and Mm -hmm. reading more more of your word every single day, you know, exposing the hatred and, again, the, the hell on earth that we see Jesus constantly let us expose this let us stop being stupid doormats that people just walk on help us to fight all of this of prayer Jesus Christ of course reading more of your word all of that all of that we give you in your name Jesus Christ the only name that matters
1: Go ahead, Bev. Father, we come to you because you are who you are. We come to you with praise. Mm -hmm. We come to you with an asking heart to please heal this land. Yes, God. Father, we are standing here as an example to the whole world. Lord, we want to do what is right by you. We want a country that stands on its principles and does not sell out. We want a country that is open minded but still stands on their principles. We want a country that is there. For their people and does not sell out to others around. We want people in this country that love you and understand that this country was set up on your principles, and those principles are the best to follow. Lord, we pray that you will continue to bring leaders who understand Mm. just what it takes to have integrity. It has been long lost on this country, and Lord, we need to see it shown so our children will actually know what it is. Lord, we pray for each and every child out there that's growing up. We pray that we will be able to show these children the right way to live, to show mm. them that there is a God, mm-hmm. that they do have rules. It is not a me, me. It is for us or you. Lord, be with us. Be with our government. Please, Lord, put your hand in the middle and shake that so hard that all of the crumbs that are nasty fall out and that we make proclaim that this country is sovereign and this country is clean. We will not hurt our people but we will also protect our people. We pray this in Jesus' name. I come before you and I
2: ask you, King of the universe, King of the universe, King of all the courts in the universe, to set our nation right, to make us a holy nation before you. I ask you to inspire everyone who knows who you are under the sound of our voices, Lord, inspire them inspire them, compel them, Lord, to fall on their knees and faces before you. And right now, in the name of all those people, I just pray in proxy, Father, that we give you our lives 100%, holding nothing back, holding nothing back. Counsel us, guide us. You are the perfect counselor. You're never wrong. You have never been wrong. I mean, in the 40 years I've known you, you have never been wrong in my life. And I ask that anointed blessing on everyone who's listening to have the courage to trust in you and to put all those things that displease you aside and that they will be able to walk in that blessing of knowing you so closely that you can keep them away from the curses that we showed in this video and keep them from stumbling, Father. And as a result, make them leaders in our communities, leaders in families, leaders in civic groups, leaders, Lord, who stand up and say, We're going to walk with God and this country is going to be restored. And so I commit this to you. And also, Father, I pray for Pam and Reddix especially. I pray for their protection. I sense they need to be protected right now, Lord, physically, mentally, emotionally. Do not let anyone mess them up, Father. Just pray for strength and wisdom. And as they set the course, wherever PSB is going ahead, Father, that you would give them clarity of mind on it. Give them the things they need, the anointed things they need to take each step in the perfect timing that you set before them. Father, we love them. We thank you for them. And we commit all these things to you in your name. Amen. Thank you. I know we went over a little bit. Sorry guys, but kind of an important piece of business. Um, um, I'm so glad um, you
3: did. Thank you so much.
2: Love you
4: guys. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, in in closing, I, I I need I need that. I want to thank you thank you for uh, focusing on my family and me at the end there. Um, I think most of you know I dive into some really dark things uh, pretty often, like like really often, um, and that is just so like cleansing to just have that um it's a good way to close out the week it's very good very good thank you
1: you're welcome pam anytime just just remember no dark no far dark you go the lord is always with you and he will be your light
3: oh and i almost almost forgot uh pierce was mentioning the whole the, the gay pride thing um and I was thinking while he was talking about that, you, you know who just loved the gay stuff and, and uh, included gay sex in his stuff regularly? Aleister Crowley.
1: Uh-huh. Love yeah.
3: gay true. sex.
1: True, yep. true, true, true.
3: Specifically as it relates to demons and like summoning demons and stuff. It's like, <sighs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. Anything, yeah. anything that rebels against God in God's face is used to uh, inspire people in the occult. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. They'll just take it to the beyond any limit we would consider.
1: The, yeah. There's so much in the music, too, back from my era all the way up through now.
2: Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. mm. Anyway. I guess we'll leave it there. And okay. um, thank you. Thank you guys again. We'll, so we'll much. say
2: bye. Okay. Bye, Reddick. See, I'll see you there. Love you guys.
0: Yep. Have a good show, guys.
2: Okay. Bye bye now. Have a good night. I'll be listening.
5: Okay. Thank you. See you. See ya. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, it's important to, I think, close out with a prayer and stuff. I always appreciate that. Um, let's see, I want to get the show prep pulled up. And yeah, what um uh he Pam just said, this is all part of the occult and their um their focus on ritual transgression. Anything that transgresses uh God and natural law, that's what they use in their disgusting rituals. Um and uh in their it's in a way it's like performance art um that's one way to look at it me, a problem, yeah
4: I'm, I'm, <laughs> say this. I'm just a performance artist right
5: um okay so let's see um honey you going up yeah, come on. she's okay. she's laying with the cat look at these two <laughs> all right let me bring up the uh show prep oh my word Okay, so tonight's show we're going to talk about a lot of things. <laughs> we're going to cover um this uh this gentleman, he is a, a Soviet defector and he's a um he uh well, he is a former uh worked for the um, Wisconsin Health Department after defecting here. I think in the, it was in the 1990s and he basically came out and said that COVID is part of like a communist plot. So I thought that was um interesting and I thought that was worth covering today. We're going to get into some of the things we didn't get to touch on the other day but I wanted to and that is the hacking of our nuclear arsenal. That is super important and should be the, you know, biggest story in the news right now for some reason it is not. Um we're going to talk about uh the latest um statements Bill Barr has made about the um, Russia collusion investigation and uh, Durham's probe of that. And, um, you know, well, let's just say it's not some of the things Bill Barr said are not very encouraging. Now, the other thing that I wanted to highlight was if you watch the full segment of Uh, DNI Ratcliffe speaking to Catherine Harridge of CBS. They did an interview, and if you listen to the full thing and not just the little clips that have been clipped out, what he does say is that China, Russia, and Iran were all all, um, attacked the election or whatever, however you interfered in the election. But then he goes on to say that it was not um, not enough to change the outcome of the election. And then, further, he claims that foreign nations are the ones promoting the narrative that there was widespread voter fraud. And so I thought that was weird, because it seemed like he was, in a way, trying to make the president look bad, or maybe—I don't know if he was doing that on purpose, but it kind of has that— um, you know, the president is saying there was voter fraud, and he's saying, oh, if you believe that, you know, you're, uh, you're being influenced by foreign propaganda. And I felt like, well, that kind of is dismissive, um, and we still haven't gotten his report, and he's not going to be releasing that until January because of career intelligence officials and him wanting to defer to them. And so it's just like, oh, so in January, when it's too late, thanks a lot, bud. And it's just one more, what I feel like is one more betrayal of President Trump by these swamp creatures, you know, and Ratcliffe is somebody that I think we all thought was um, was a good man or was on our side or something, and perhaps we need to be rethinking that. After uh, after watching that interview, I was kind of stunned, and I'm like, what's going on here? So I encourage everybody to watch the full interview. Uh, if you can find it, DNI Raquist speaking with Catherine Herridge of CBS and watch the whole thing and ask yourself, what was the, pr- it was totally scripted, obviously. That was the other thing. What was the purpose of this? It's his first interview since be, uh, becoming DNI and it was totally scripted. And, and uh, the things he said did not seem to line up with things that our president is saying so i thought that was weird um all right and then we're going to talk about some other interesting things it's going to be a good show tonight and we'll be playing uh, a video from 316 exposure that is really i think awesome so i hope you guys enjoy it be a nice way to close out the week
4: <laughs>
6: The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are as a people, inherently and historically,
7: opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings.
6: you guys know what this represents? Well, let me the coffee clothes. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. What's going on, You'll find out. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy.
7: America is governed by Americans. In infiltration instead of invasion. On subversion instead of elections. On intimidation instead of free choice. The corporate media in our country is no longer
0: involved in journalism. For them, it's a war. And for them, nothing at all is out of bounds.
7: Man will be what he was born to be. Free and independent.
5: Mind of that. And then we have some new iconography tonight. This is uh, Moses the Black. And uh, Moses was a gang leader (laughs) for the first um, several decades of his life. I think it was around his 40s or his 50s. And of course, this is in the early, like the year 326 or something. Uh, You know, so 50 was considered old. Uh, He decided to, you know, turn his ways around, and he went and joined some of the desert fathers and uh, joined a monastery and um, ended up repenting for his sins. There's all kinds of interesting stories about Moses uh, that you can read about. He's a very interesting character. Moses the Black or Moses the Ethiopian. So um, I wanted to uh, include him tonight.
6: Psalm 40 to the chief musician, a psalm of David. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear, and shall trust in the Lord, Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside the lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire, mine ears hast thou opened burnt offering and sin offering thou hast not required then said I lo I come in the volume of the book it is written of me I delight to do thy will O oh my God yea thy laws within my heart I have preached righteousness in the great congregation lo I have not refrained my lips O oh Lord Thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have compassed me about. My iniquities have taken hold upon me, so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of mine head. Therefore, my heart faileth me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and confounded together that seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backward and put to shame that wish me evil. Let them be desolate for reward of their shame that say unto me, Aha, aha. Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. But I am poor and needy; yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O oh my God.
5: Amen.
8: <laughs> That's a great passage there because, uh, you know, you think the devil—the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy—and. We're supposed to count it all joy when, uh, you know, those trials come against us, because no matter what, we're saved, and there is nothing that, they, that the devil can do to take that away from us. They could, the devil can take away everything, but not that. So That's right. keep the faith, guys. Keep the faith.
5: Amen. And Moses, you know, he could go from being a gang leader, a robber, a thief and i think even a murderer to becoming a monk and a priest so god uses many people even if you've been a bad person um you know you can still be saved right and that's um what makes it so special
8: right and yeah um, because you know go ahead uh, Jesus died for us, so that we that burden could be taken away from us, so you can't you can't get caught up in all of your sin and all of your guilt. I mean it, you have to repent, but you're saved you don't have to live with that sin on your shoulders anymore
5: that's right, and Moses spent many hours and uh, nights he wouldn't sleep he 'd stay up and he would cry, and he would you know pray and, and repent and he said he had so many tears because that's how much sin he had committed and how many things he'd done wrong in his past. So he's got a really fantastic story. Um, I'll just encourage you guys to look up Moses the Black and read about him. Um, we enjoyed some of his stories, so uh, I think you guys might find him an interesting character. Okay, so now we're going to um, share the video from 316 Exposure. This is fantastic. It's about um, 12 minutes long, and it's proof Jesus is the Messiah. Amen to that.
0: to offend anyone
8: especially in a church setting like this but i was raised in a home where the birth of jesus made a nice story to tell
0: but not necessarily something firm enough to put my faith in
8: angels talking to humans that's never happened to me a virgin giving birth (laughs) never seen that before three of the smartest men
5: on the planet following a star and then Finding the savior of the world in a stable? Again, I'm not trying to offend anyone.
0: I'm just saying. The Christmas story sounds a little bit far-fetched.
9: Is it really something firm enough to put my faith in?
0: That is what you're asking me to do.
7: Right? Is there proof Jesus is the Messiah? Does believing in him require blind faith? No, in fact, it's the exact opposite. See, some people mock the idea of Jesus as Savior, calling it a fairy tale crutch for the weak. Others claim Jesus is nothing more than a mythical figure, a superstition no different than Greek or Roman gods. Even worse, some people who do believe in Jesus say there's no evidence to prove it's true. You just have to accept it on faith. But is that really the case? Absolutely not. While faith is an essential element of following Jesus, Christian faith is much more like trust than a blind belief with no evidence. See Hebrews 11.1. 1. There's plenty of evidence that Jesus is the Messiah. And some of the most convincing evidence is fulfilled prophecy. And as we approach Christmas, what better time to examine the prophecies fulfilled? When Jesus came, his followers thought he would conquer Israel's earthly enemies and establish an everlasting kingdom. And they were right. But they were wrong about the timing. First and foremost, Jesus came as a blood sacrifice to atone for the sins of the world. Had they known the following prophecies, perhaps they would have understood what Jesus meant when he said he would be killed and rise on the third day. Matthew 16:21. Known as the prophecies of the suffering Messiah, and these events were foretold hundreds of years before the crucifixion. In fact, these prophecies are so detailed and specific, you might think they are New Testament verses about the arrest, trial, and crucifixion of Jesus. Uh, obviously, they're not. They prove beyond all doubt who the Messiah is. And let's go over a few of them. Uh, Jesus was betrayed by a friend. Uh, King David said a trusted friend would betray the Messiah. This would be a person so close they shared each other's food, Psalm 41.9. And this is exactly what happened to Jesus. A thousand years after David made this prophecy, Jesus dipped his bread in a bowl and handed it to Judas, John 1321 through 30 Judas took the bread and left to betray Jesus. Betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. When Judas betrayed Jesus, he did so for the exact sum of 30 pieces of silver, on Matthew 2614 through 15 500 years earlier, the prophet Zechariah foretold this exact price. He said the Messiah would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver, Zechariah 11.12. Thrown into the potter's field. At the same time, Zechariah revealed another amazing detail. He said the 30 pieces of silver would be thrown into the potter's field, Zechariah 11.13. See, in ancient times, the potter's field was a graveyard for unknown people. A people dug up clay to make pottery, and the leftover field was only useful as a burial ground. When Judas realized what he had done, he tried to give back the 30 pieces of silver. And when the religious leaders refused it, the leading priest used the money to buy Potter's field for the burial of foreigners. Matthew 27:38. This decision fulfilled Zechariah's prophecy. Rejected. Hundreds of years before Jesus, Isaiah described the Messiah as despised and rejected. He said he would be a man familiar with the deepest sadness, and people would turn their backs on him. Isaiah 53.3 When Pilate presented Jesus to the people, he said, Here is your king. But the people demanded he be crucified. Crucify your king, Pilate asked. But the people said, We have no king but Caesar. John 19.14-15 They rejected Jesus as king. The leader of his day despised him, yet Peter said, The stone rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone. Acts 4.11 Silent in front of his accusers Isaiah said the Messiah would be silent when faced by his accusers, much like a sheep is silent before the shears. Isaiah 53.7 Jesus fulfilled this prophecy too. The high priest Caiaphas asked Jesus, What do you have to say for yourself? How do you answer these charges? And Jesus was silent. Matthew 26, 62-63 Accused by false witnesses King David said false witnesses would accuse and slander the Messiah. Psalm 35, 11 He said they would claim we saw him do it with our own eyes. Psalm 35, 21 And this also happened to Jesus. The religious leaders couldn't find any evidence against him. So false witnesses made up stories. Mark 14, 56 pierced hands and feet. King David said the Messiah's hands and feet would be pierced. Psalm twenty-two, sixteen. 16. This also happened to Jesus. He was nailed to a cross. John 19, 17-18. A crucifixion required the Roman soldiers to drive nails through his hands and feet. And you have to keep in mind, when King David made his prophecy, this method of execution didn't exist. And nevertheless, the crucifixion of Jesus fulfilled this prophecy. And if you haven't already seen a past video, Jesus suffering crucifixion, a medical point of view, I encourage you to do so. Given vinegar to drink. King David said the Messiah would be given poison for food, or gall, and sour wine to quench his thirst, Psalm 69, 21. And again, this happened to Jesus. While he was being crucified, the soldiers gave Jesus mixed wine with bitter gall. But when he tasted it, he refused to drink it, Matthew 27, 34. Then someone filled a sponge with sour wine and held it up to Jesus on a stick so he could drink it. Mark 15, 36. His clothes divided. King David said that others would cast out lots for the Messiah's clothes at his execution. Psalm twenty two seventeen 17-18. And again, this also happened to Jesus. When the Roman soldiers crucified him, they divided his clothes among themselves. But his robe was a single garment, and they didn't want to tear it. So rather than tear it, they threw dice to see who would get it. Uh, John 19, 23-24 His side pierced. 500 years before the crucifixion, Zechariah said, The people of Israel will look upon the Messiah they have pierced and mourn for him as an only son. Zechariah 12, verse 10 This happened to Jesus as well. And checking to make sure he was dead, one of the Roman soldiers pierced Jesus with a spear. John chapter 19 verse
4: 34.
7: Buried in a rich man's tomb. Hundreds of years before Jesus, Isaiah said the Messiah would be treated like a common criminal and buried in a rich man's tomb. Isaiah 53.9 The Bible again tells us this happened to Jesus. After the crucifixion, a rich man named Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for Jesus' body. Joseph wrapped the body in a clean sheet of linen cloth and placed it in the tomb he had prepared for himself. And then he rolled a boulder into the entrance to seal it, Matthew 27, 59-60. Risen from the Dead A thousand years before the resurrection, King David said the Messiah's body would not be left among the dead. He said God would not allow his Holy One to rot in the grave, Psalm 16:10. And Psalm 49 said God will restore the Messiah's life, saving him from the power of the grave. Psalm 49:15. Three days and three nights after the crucifixion, Mary and Mary Magdalene went to see Jesus. When they arrived at his tomb, a great earthquake shook the ground. An angel rolled a rock away from the tomb's entrance and told them Jesus had risen from the dead, just as he had promised. Matthew 28 5-7 These prophecies point to one man as the Messiah, Jesus. How can anyone read them and still reject him as the Messiah? The odds of one person fulfilling all these prophecies is beyond chance. How many people can claim specific details of their lives were foretold hundreds of years before their birth? Jesus can. Yet many people still dismiss him. They call him a good teacher, but say he was merely a man. And that's impossible. Jesus claimed to be God in the flesh. The great I am in the form of man. If that's not true, how is he a good teacher? Anyone who would lie about such a thing is evil. Such a person is not a good teacher. But there's no need to worry. Jesus didn't lie. He was and is God in the flesh. Bible prophecy proves it. No other man in all of human history fulfilled the messianic prophecies, and no other man can. The Messiah had to come at a specific time in history, Daniel 9.25, and Jesus did. The Messiah had to be born in a specific place, in a certain way, Micah 5.2, Isaiah 7.14, and Jesus was. The Messiah had to be crushed and made an offering for sin, Isaiah 53.10. He had to overcome the power of the grave, Psalm 49.15, and he had to be the Savior of the world, Luke 2.11. Thank God Almighty Jesus is. And thank you for listening. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. If you wish to donate, it would be greatly appreciated. A PayPal donation link can be found in the description below. And until next time, be safe. God bless you and your families. Thank you.
5: Um, link for that I just dropped into live chat, and uh, I recommend if you have not watched it, the other video he talks about in there, um, the uh, medical uh, explanation of the um, crucifixion. That was really good.
8: And he mentions there, you know, if you have the, the opportunity to donate, he's doing a lot of really good work. And I mentioned it this morning, you know, a lot of people, I'll just speak for myself. I've spent like tens of thousands of hours on this channel. And I think about the thousands of dollars that I used to give away to cable companies. You know, a lot of people are putting out good content, including Patriot Soapbox. So, you know, if you have an opportunity and, you know, if it's in your heart, make a donation, whether it be to this channel or or to someone like 316 Exposure, because, you know, a lot of people are not, you know, spending their time on Fox News or, you know, HBO and, um, you know, every little dollar helps. So, no one was exactly. no one told me to say that. <laughs> That's just coming from me, guys. But I just, you know, really I was thinking about it this morning. I've i listened, you know, in times where I was like in really, really dark spots and just to know that at any given time of the day I could come to this channel and find friends and people who understood me. So, you know. Amen. Even if you send a Christmas card or, you know, like I saw Radix had uh tweeted out that somebody sent Bible coloring books to to read. I thought that was so sweet. So, yeah. you know, do what you that can, so guys. Nice.
5: And she loves getting cards and letters and, you know, she likes the idea of having pen pals and stuff.
8: <laughs> it's just, <laughs> you know, I think, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a, it's the spirit of giving, you know, even if it's just a Christmas card, it, it could mean a lot. Exactly.
5: Just getting something like that makes her happy and, you know, it's just something nice and everybody needs to hear that, like, they're appreciated sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah, Uh, for sure. (laughs) Those videos, like, they're, 316 Exposure puts out a lot of videos, sometimes, like, several in one week and those kinds of videos is a lot of work. There's a lot of editing that goes on um finding that background footage putting that all together that is a lot of work so just to make one 12-minute video can sometimes take like 36 hours of work for a 12-minute video so keep that in mind um you know a lot of times it's <laughs> a lot harder than it looks you know um okay so uh I want to cover this because I thought, oh, here we go. This um, comes from a task and purpose, and uh, they're kind of calling out, you know, General Flynn and basically saying, oh, we're not going to get involved, and uh, it's, you know, supposedly coming from somebody in the Army or Army leaders. I want to bring this up and cover it because a lot of times— they are lying or like misconstruing things that are being said and i didn't want people seeing this and going what is this about without covering it here um so let me pull this up
4: let's see oh come on okay
5: Yeah, uh, Hearsay, exactly. Um, Mavis, yes. So this, and Task and Purpose are uh, very, um, they're like well-known for being like very left-leaning in sort of like an establishment-type publication, right? Even though they kind of purport to represent like the military and stuff like that, that's not really what they are. I mean, they're always like Defense One. They're always putting forward the narrative of like the military industrial complex, you know, companies like Raytheon and stuff like that, right? More profiteers. That's the narrative that they are always reflecting. So keep that in mind. That's the publication that we're reading from Army leaders push back on Mike Flynn. That's General Flynn's call for the military to rerun the 2020 election. Quote, there's no role for the U.S. military in determining the outcome of an American election. And there we go. I want to address that first statement. Nobody is asking the military to determine the outcome of the election. What people are asking for is for them to secure the election right from voter fraud no one's saying they need to decide who won or anything like that
8: um, that's irritating you're right though because yeah. like military.com .com, that's not owned by the military mm. They're you know that's a private enterprise that you know just like any other publication they take articles and get paid to publish those articles so yep. you know you got to be careful when you see these sites And a lot of them, yeah, like
5: military.com, you would assume that's, like, run by the U.S. military. It's not. And uh, a lot of those are funded by defense contractors. So, you know, they are always putting forward, like, the uh, the corporate, um, you know, pro-war establishment narrative because that's who funds them. They don't actually represent, like, the... um, the, your regular like soldier and his family, right? And what would be best for them? So this is how it is. It says the army isn't planning on helping anyone overturn the 2020 election results anytime soon. Again, that is not what anybody was asking them to do. We're simply requesting a fair process a fair election. You cannot have this kind of voter fraud with zero confidence in the system. I think at at most what people are requesting is for the military to secure the ballots and conduct perhaps an audit, right? Or to make sure that if we do another election that the uh, facilities are secure, right? That we have them there kind of monitoring.
10: Well, this is the buzzword of the week is overturn. They're not trying to overturn anything. <laughs> you know, Right. Um, this is more of that uh, that uh, psychological defeatist um, push. It's a, it's, a, it's a little sliver that says, oh, we're, you know, that just implies that it's over or that it, that it has been established and that we're trying to overduce, overturn something. We're, we're not. Exactly. We're, we're still trying to turn this. We're not overturning anything.
5: Right. We're simply trying to figure out what happened. Into to separate legal votes from illegal votes. That is not um, trying to overturn a legitimate election. As far as we're concerned, there wasn't a legitimate election. And that, by the way, I think has been more than proven with all of the testimony we've heard, with the fact that we now learn that there is this major breach that had possibly been going on since March of this year, into the systems that Dominion was using, right? Um, there's serious questions like, hey, this we're simply asking that this be properly investigated, that we have enough time to investigate it, or that we redo the election in a manner that will uh, make sure that that kind of thing doesn't happen again, that we're not using uh, compromised systems, right? That is not unreasonable. That's actually following the dang constitution. And I thought it was the military's job to uphold that constitution and defend it. Well, that statement may seem obvious to most, it appears others might need a reminder, namely, so by the way, this is a hit piece on the general, namely retired Army Lieutenant General Michael Flynn President Trump's first national security advisor, and a noted conspiracy theorist. And they link to a PolitiFact uh, article, (laughs) unbelievable, how they're smearing a three-star general in this publication. On December 17th, Flynn appeared on Newsmax, a far-right news channel. How is Newsmax? are right this is absurd to declare that trump who lost the presidential election in november again they're making statements that you cannot verify right now factually the former vice president joe biden could quote take military capabilities and place them in those swing states and basically rerun an election in each of those states These people out there talking about martial law, like it's something we've never done. Martial law has been instituted 64 times. Flynn said, wow, so I'm not calling for that. He says he's not calling for martial law. He's saying we have a constitutional process to be followed where you would kind of have military capabilities, meaning some kind of either National Guard present at the swing states where there's been noted fraud, where election um, uh, people that were there to like oversee things right on the GOP side, where they were pushed out, where they covered up the windows with cardboard frickin' boxes, right, where they pulled out suitcases after making everybody clear out, pulled out suitcases filled with ballots where we heard testimony from a Dominion IT worker who saw them feeding ba- batches of 50 ballots into the machine some eight or nine times per batch. This is what
8: makes insane. It, what makes it really difficult is that, you know, elections are handled by the state. And then the problem though, is that if the state is rogue and the state has broken the law, but the state certifies their election, it, it causes a conflict. And then, you know, the president is saying, you know, this was not a fair election, but if, if, if the state doesn't overturn it, then it is a constitutional crisis because you've yeah. got a rogue state that is not participating legally in a federal election. So what alternative do you have? It, it is a constitutional crisis at that point. You can either accept the results of the election, which I am not about to do, or you take other action, which is the legal route. And when the legal route fails, then what?
5: Exactly. You go to
8: other methods.
5: (laughs) So they're just basically smearing General Flynn, smearing Newsmax, calling it far right. What a joke. Um, and it's, this is silliness, and again, they're already making statements that cannot be validated because of what we've seen. We know that um, there, you cannot call these elections when the systems that were used to tabulate them may have been subject to a massive foreign hack ongoing for months. That would be irresponsible and borderline treasonous. Despite Flynn's claim that the military could be dispatched to take part in rerunning the presidential election in certain states, senior military leaders say that's not going to happen. On Friday, Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy and Chief of Staff General James McConville said in a joint statement that quote there is no role for the US military in determining the outcome of an American election. Again, This is not what anyone was asking them to do. It's like a, I I guarantee what's happening is they're getting calls from the media saying, oh, you know, these conspiracy theorists and General Flynn are calling for the military to determine the election. And they're saying, no, the military doesn't determine who's the president. You know what I'm saying? They're probably getting called and told things. And then they're saying, no, that's not, you know, how things work. But I don't, I think that it's being misrepresented. If I can, you know, that's how I interpret this, because I know how the media works.
8: They're twisting the truth as usual.
5: Mm -hmm. Exactly. And they always do these kind of gotcha questions. And uh, this isn't the first time Flynn suggested the military intervene in the election results. No, nobody said in the election results. And then they put in parentheses, which have been solidly confirmed? No, they haven't. Good Lord. Uh, Flynn shared a press release which demanded Trump invoke limited martial law in order to allow the military to oversee a new free and fair federal election. That actually is reasonable considering what happened. If the election has been compromised, which it definitely has been, let's just be real, for multiple parties, not just foreign interference, but also there were um, people like Mark Zuckerberg funneling in dark money into these get-out-the-vote campaigns strictly for Democrats and offering them free shit to vote. I mean, that's that's...
8: yeah. No, you're really? right. I'm, I'm just as enraged as you are because at this point, there is no way to certify this election. Ballots have been removed from the envelopes. Envelopes have been destroyed. Ballots have been destroyed. Uh, the the machines have not been seized. They could have been tampered with. There oh, is no right? way. To- there's there's no way at this point to even call this election one way or the other either way and the only way to do it is to have a new election I I hate to say it and here I'm in one of these states that if martial law or the insurrection act is is called my state's going to be affected by it I'm in Arizona but you know what I say bring it on let's do this thing all over again because this it cannot stand this way it just it cannot. Yeah. And
5: here's the other thing. These machines were never, um, they were never secured, right? So you don't have a proper chain of evidence, okay? There's no chain of custody for these machines to determine what, if anything, has been changed in them. So you cannot audit them now. That is another problem because they were never secured right away. At this point, They've most likely been tampered with. You're not going to have a proper chain of evidence or custody on these things. And it, it's impossible now to trust anything on them. And you cannot audit these machines. And uh, it's just so frustrating. But here's the other thing I think this is trying to do it's trying to influence the military and kind of put in their mind, right, if they get called for a certain assignment that, like, this is an unlawful order. They're trying to uh, influence those people that would be potentially brought in to kind of, you know, oversee this process that, oh, maybe they're doing something bad or wrong. Unbelievable, Other far-right voices have also called on the military to take action. Politico reported Friday believing the Insurrection Act is a needed step to prevent president-elect, they're still calling it that, Joe Biden from assuming the presidency. Originally passed in 1807, the Insurrection Act has been amended numerous times over the years and as it stands today allows the president to deploy troops within the U.S. under certain circumstances such as helping to enforce civilian law or in response to a natural disaster or a terror attack. Gee, what do you call a foreign hack on our systems? Hello? (laughs) Stupid idiot. Oh, my God. Uh, And this is written by Haley Britsky. And look at her little picture
8: there. Haley Britsky... I'm going (laughs) to have to look it up now and see who owns Task and Purpose. I'm going now. Exactly. I guarantee you they're owned by some, I'll I'll look it up.
5: Some deep state actor or maybe even a foreign company. I mean, who really knows? But to me, this is like they're smearing General Flynn, but they're also trying to influence the military because they know that the military reads these publications, right, that are like marketed to them, this is the kind of thing they read, and they're going to be seeing and going, oh, you know, we might be asked to do something unlawful. And you can see how they frame this. Uh, they, they do not talk about any of the noted and well-documented voter fraud that has already occurred. So I just wanted to Um, share that because I thought oh that's great I need to um, get my side out on this because I disagree with what this is saying and the the framing of it so I feel like hopefully I've done a decent job of um, explaining what I think they were doing and I guarantee that's what happened is that she called and said something like oh are you guys gonna invoke the insurrection act and the military is going to decide he won the election and they're like no what are you talking about (laughs) you know that's how these uh how these people are okay so the next thing that was really important and kind of flew right under the radar this was tweeted out yesterday the 17th U.S. military reportedly used Plum Island, that's in New York, uh, upstate New York, to test cyber attacks on the grid under a DARPA program called Rapid Attack Detection, RAD. Remember RAD group, Zohar, is this a pal? It's almost like a, you know, tip of the hat on that isolation and characterization systems erratics not like with an x (laughs) in the middle of a pandemic r-a-d-i-c-s not uh, with an x it's not me i swear (laughs) Uh, and so this comes from cyber scoop how the u.s military used a creepy island to test cyber attacks and kept this you cannot make this stuff up um how the military used a creepy island to test cyber attacks on the grid in the middle of a pandemic. So, I think first of all, just I think an update.
4: Of... Mm-hmm.
8: Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt on uh, Task and Purpose. I can't, I'm still looking, but it does say on here that uh, more than 500 contributing authors have published work in Task and Purpose. Notable authors who've contributed include President Barack Obama and Senator John McCain. Oh. That answers everything for me there.
5: <laughs> yep. Oh my word. How ridiculous.
8: And the guy that that founded it is apparently running for governor in New York in or mayor yeah. or something in 2021.
5: Oh, lovely. More of these um, you know, deep state uh establishment swamp creatures, military industrial complex. That's who it is. Um, And so we also have to keep in mind that they have uh, infiltrated basically every um, organization and totally corrupted them. The military is probably the last um, one standing, right? But it has been infiltrated to an extent. That's what the whole military-industrial complex is, right? When we talk about that. So we have to understand that the regular... um, A soldier is a good person, but it's the people that are put into these leadership positions, right, that are part of the revolving door at companies like Raytheon, Boeing, uh, et cetera. And they go back and forth, you know. Uh, They never met a war they didn't like. Okay, so this article was put out by CyberScoop yesterday. This is huge, by the way the U.S. government officials trying to test the country's ability to respond to a major cyber attack thought they had pulled out all the stops. Engineers had planned to simulate the kind of security incident that would cause an electrical blackout, after all, and had even planned to hold the event on an isolated island off the coast of New York. Even with all that preparation, a -a once-in-a-century pandemic still wasn't in the script. Until this year, National Guard personnel, Pentagon contractors, and engineers at big U.S. utilities would typically gather in person to run through exercises involving dire scenarios, from a weeks-long power outage to a mock attack on utility computers that appeared to delete data. In October, though, COVID-19 forced planners from the Departments of Defense and Energy to figure out how to run the event virtually, with all participants plugged in from around the country. And they used the pandemic as another opportunity to prepare for the unpredictable. Oh, you don't say. Another, more of these simulations and war games that happen to be coinciding or occurring right before... uh, You know, these things seem to occur, right? The goal of the recurring effort, which is backed by a $118 million Pentagon program, is to try to anticipate how state-sponsored hacking groups could sabotage key utilities, like a dark winter. The exercise provides important defensive insights for some of America's largest electricity providers, and comes as an increasing number of hacking groups have taken an interest in the industrial control systems that those utilities use to deliver power. This year's unusual setup ended up being, quote, useful for modeling how people would respond remotely to a widespread cyber attack, unquote, said Walter Weiss, a cerebral program manager at the Pentagon's R&D arm the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, who helped plan the exercise. That just added additional realism, unquote. Oh, how nice. Interesting that, you know, they're talking about here a simulation of a widespread cyber attack, and then we just happen to be in the midst of one. You know, just saying. Organized engineers, and researchers to participate despite the coronavirus by accessing software tools used to defend against the simulated attacks. While most participants joined remotely, a diehard crew made the trek to the austere, windswept spit of land called Plum Island off Long Island that has hosted past exercises. Well, it's also been used for other uh, clandestine Uh, events, right? Wasn't this also used for bio-warfare in the past? Yeah. The exercise in October tasked mock electric utilities staffed by real utility workers with restoring power after a debilitating set of simulated cyber attacks. Participants had to use a generator to gradually restart a power system substation by substation and test DARPA-funded forensic tools in the process. And I recall arguing with the gentleman that ran the DARPA Twitter account, I still have the screenshots, where um, he claimed that DARPA had nothing to do with uh, LifeLog and, you know, all this MK alter. That's kind of interesting. Voice pointed to a 2019 thread. Of-
8: I think we might have... Do you have a problem with your microphone? It cut out on me there. I don't know if it's just me.
5: Um, I don't know. Uh, live chat, what say you? Are we good on sound? Is it
10: on is it on the back of your chair again? Uh, it seems like it's been dragged or something. Uh,
5: no, it's on my shirt, but let me make sure it's all plugged in okay. Zero by zero, what? Uh, let's try this. You're okay uh, now. Okay, so I've got, I just kind of jiggled the thing in there where it plugs into my laptop. Bobo attack. <laughs> okay. It's coming It's coming
10: through. That? It's just, it's just being poppy every now and again.
5: Weird. Okay, let me try just like kind of holding it up here. Is that better? All right, let's, uh, let's see if this works. I see someone saying five by five. Okay. All right. Um, okay, so uh Weiss pointed to a twenty nineteen threat- ass- yeah i'm being cyber attacked right <laughs> a twenty nineteen threat assessment from u s intelligence agencies that said China and Russia have the ability to use cyber attacks to respectively temporarily disrupt natural gas pipelines and electric distribution networks, so they're talking about. Um you know a, a an attack that would take out the grid potentially an e m p type of attack that's the kind of thing they were wargaming in the middle of the pandemic right um uh, just in october right and in right before the election isn't that interesting and a widespread cyber attack gee, pretty weird. The exercise planners drew on real world incidents too. The 2015 suspected Russian cyber attack on Ukrainian electric infrastructure, which cut power for some 225,000 people, blinded utility operators to what was going on in power distribution networks. Plum Island combatants were trying to avoid a similar type of loss of visibility. That's a great wake-up call and resonates with utilities we're trying to work with, Weiss said. An eerie setting, the latest exercise was the seventh and final drill on Plum Island under a DARPA program called Rapid Attack Detection, Isolation and Characterization Systems, or Radix. The number of electric utility employees and government contractors allowed on the island this year was kept under 30. Participants were regularly tested for COVID before and after they stepped off the ferry and onto the island, which has a spooky effect on visitors that's hard to overstate. Plum Island has also been the government's home for studying animal-borne diseases. by Read by that, biowarfare kinds of experiments. We had our own dedicated ferry schedule and didn't interact with anyone other than the radix team so it felt a bit more isolated said tim yardley a senior researcher at the university of illinois who spent six weeks on plum island setting up infrastructure for the exercise the eerie part for me was the drive across the country during a pandemic engineers installed high-speed fiber optic links to the island To allow people to take part digitally, they also helped configure a virtual private network so members could log into the exercise from their laptops. Yardley said participants were initially concerned the remote environment would sap the exercise of its hands-on value. But the takeaway instead, he said, was that you could actually do an incident response and make this work. The tolls were very successful in that way, said Yardley, a veteran of multiple Plum Island drills. The um, automated, many of the things that would take a person a lot longer to do in person. Was it ideal? No. But technology could serve to aid in this way. I think it was eye-opening for the participants. Weiss and Yardley said the exercise participants were able to use the DARPA tools to help stabilize the grid on Plum Island and eventually restore power. So they're prepping for an EMP attack. And this is interesting because it coincides with another thing that we're going to look at, which was the same day this article comes out, a Department of Energy uh, issue to mitigate security risks to the nation's electric grid. Same thing, they were just simulating wargaming and it mentions China. We'll look at that next. <sighs> Spotting the lie. The Radix program funds technology, including data ingested software that sorts normal from suspicious activity on a power network and a system for conducting emergency comms between a substation and control center. Particularly handy during the latest Plum Island exercise was a dashboard that allowed users to accurately monitor network activity, even if your own systems are lying to you, as Weiss put it. That means if a control panel is telling a utility operator, a certain substation is running normally when it really isn't the dashboard would have been able to spot that that it was lying to you uh, two things a cyber attack can do to the grid are make it not tell you the truth or make it not work how you expect it to work why said so in general the whole scenario is about finding what parts of the grid are doing that to you The Plum Island project coming to a close, DARPA was handed off the software tools to the Department of Energy. Oh, that Department of Energy that just warned about, you know, risks to the uh, electric grid, which I've only been warning about since 2018, right? Uh, Which works closely with utilities to introduce more of that technology out into the open. Six weeks after the experiment in October, the U.S. government held another elaborate cybersecurity drill for the power sector. The tabletop exercise, oh, another one, just like event 201, right, hosted by the DOE on December 9th, one day before they tell us that we have had a cyber attack, solar winds, Orion system. And so here's the thing that I find interesting about this. It's almost like, did the CIA hack us? Did they know? I mean, these are weird things, right? We've got to ask these questions. Um, A tabletop exercise hosted by the DOE on December 9 included executives from some of the biggest power companies in the United States. Officials from multiple national security agencies were also on hand, according to exercise planners like plum island the exercise envisioned aggressive cyber attacks on the electric sector by a foreign adversary participants had to talk through how they would respond to that incident trade intelligence and revert to backup power solutions it's part of a long-running DOE exercise known as liberty eclipse that's a disturbing word liberty eclipse I think three days of darkness or something. You know what I mean? Yeah,
10: well, same terminology. The, um, all the mm-hmm. stuff that's been coming out with all this hacking stuff is making me think that they know that we have information as far as, like, what happened during the election. And they're trying to poison the well with all these <gasps> hackings and things like that. So that way, when it comes out, be are like, no, that's not what really happened. That was just hacked. That was the hack result. That, it yep. seems to me more and more this is what they're trying to prime for. Yeah, cause I'm like I'm right. like why I'm like why are they releasing this whole solar wind thing now and why is the media running with it number 2? Yep. And and so uh, that's I'm, I'm like so hopefully they're not completely reliant on uh on our on our end reliant well, it's on it's just
5: weird. You know, when you think about like who is the one conducting that most of these kinds of attacks, right? It's usually the CIA. Let's just be honest, okay? Or uh, it's israel they also have big hacking teams so they're they work very closely with the cia i find that interesting and it does seem like yeah you know they're gonna what if a lot of this data gets wiped and they go oh it was the hack you know sorry we can't find out what really uh happened there you know it's just and then of course they're always saying russia 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 it's just very bizarre right so I also, I mean, we don't know what is really going on here.
8: They need a new playbook. <laughs> they just keep re- running it. I mean, I guess they've successfully, you know, fooled half of the public out there to believe these Russia scams. So just keep doing it, Russia, Russia, Russia. Well, and the other Russia thing I translates can think of to CIA. Is <laughs> that we? we were being attacked and
5: that this story was going to get out. And so they kind of, you know, came out with it anyways to get, you know, uh, ahead of the story coming out Uh, that we are, this could be, there could be multiple reasons for them doing this. We'll just um, leave it at that. But look at the, you know, the way that they word things, you can always glean things from this liberty eclipse eclipsing liberty. Oh, so we're going to have to get rid of our freedom, right? I mean, anyways, shaping these conversations under blue sky conditions can help mitigate redundancy, bureaucracy, and frustration down the road, said Brian Harrell, a former senior Department of Homeland Security official who is now chief security officer at renewable power company, Avon Grid, who participated in the Liberty Eclipse tabletop exercise, The DOE did not respond to an interview request for this article, though the department said in a statement that the goal of Liberty Eclipse was to validate tools that enhance information, sharing capabilities, and identify threats to the energy sector. Grid-focused cybersecurity officials and the government will be studying lessons learned from both sets of exercises for some time. It's an example of the institutional knowledge on the resiliency of the grid that the Biden administration will inherit and need to use as foreign adversaries continue to probe such infrastructure, all oh, like a dark winter. For his part, Yardley is now preparing to send several hard drives of exercise data to U.S. government officials, including network traffic from the simulated attacks. He said he hopes the government will eventually make the data public so researchers in the broader industry can study it. Yeah, let's just put it out there for our adversaries to see. Good Lord. All right, and here's what the DOD put out yesterday. A prohibition order to mitigate security risks to the nation's electric grid, protecting the bulk power system from attacks and exploitation by foreign adversaries. This was put out by the Department of Energy. Today, the DOE Secretary of Energy, Dan Royal issued a prohibition order designed to reduce the risk that entities associated with the People's
4: Republic
5: of China pose to the nation's bulk power systems. The order invokes the authority delegated to the secretary by executive order 13920, securing the U.S. bulk power system, and takes effect January 16, 2021. The order prohibits utilities that supply critical defense facilities from procuring from the People's Republic of China, specifically BPS electric equipment that poses an undue risk to the BPS, the security or resilience of critical infrastructure, the economy, national security, or the safety and security of Americans. Why are our utility companies getting their parts from China? I mean...
8: (laughs) The same reason that every other industry is because it's cheaper. And, uh, you know, a lot of American companies aren't even making that stuff anymore. It's crazy. I mean, it's telephones, computers, lamps, furniture, food. Like, it's all coming from China because they have, you know, slave labor. They can do it for a cost that's much less than American. This is a good move. I don't know why they waited so long to even suggest this it's kind of it's crazy. weird right yeah oh,
5: lord this is insane to me i i just i i don't understand why this wasn't standard operating procedure i mean oh my god i just i can't even or i'm going to get mad the trump yeah. issued <laughs> <laughs> you know jesus i mean i just don't know what to say And it really does, it's striking because if these parts are made by China and they contain some kind of chips in them, or God only knows what, that could give them the ability to take down our power grid. And we've got Klaus Schwab talking about the next cyber pandemic and, you know, basically saying it would make COVID look like a walk in the park, okay? So this is disturbing on many levels. And we have Biden talking about the darkest winter or a dark winter, We had um, one of the CDC officials saying uh, the darkest winter in one of his hearings, and the media keeps bringing up dark winter. We know that was a simulation done in June of 2001, right before 9-11. That's how long they've planned for this stuff, and that's sort of what it seems like is going on here, and it almost seems like they're seizing power from the president and operating under continuity of government. The Trump issued executive order on May 1st, 2020, granted implementation authority to the Secretary of Energy. The prohibition order is exemplary to the department's commitment to pursuing a phased approach of implementation and provides compliance grace period of several weeks to minimize potential procurement and supply chain disruptions. I'm just stunned. I'm stunned that this is not normal operating procedure. That this is something that you know, it's I'm I just don't even know what to say. This should have been the how things were going all along. How are these? How is these this incompetence allowed in America? Incompetence. That's all I can say. Um. Okay. So. The next thing I want to bring up um, comes from Shem, and this is a uh, opinion piece that was put out in the Wall Street Journal today, speaking to Bill Barr. Quote, I understand people's frustration over the timing, and there are prosecutors who break more China, so to speak, Mr. Barr says, but they don't necessarily get the results. Mr. Durham will and is making significant progress, says Barr. But, LOL, BS, what a joke. Quote, but even prior to naming Durham as a special counsel, Bill Barr had come to the conclusion that he didn't see any sign of improper CIA activity. What? Oh, that's right. He's a fixer or foreign government activity before July 2016. He says the CIA stayed in its lane. Oh, okay. During the crossfire hurricane thing, when they were putting all these CIA-connected people into the Trump camp to spy on them, the CIA stayed in its lane?
8: I don't know. (laughs) I got a comment on this. I'm sorry, but... He's commenting on the CIA and it was really the FBI that did the crossfire hurricane. Well, so the CIA was involved though yeah, but that the crossfire hurricane that that was definitely an FBI thing. So if he had said that the FBI had stayed in their lane, I would be pretty pissed. but he said CIA so that sounds to me like he's saying he can't prove that the CIA was involved in crossfire hurricane.
5: We've looked at Brennan's fusion cell, though, the CIA uh, intelligence community assessment. Come on, guys. I don't know. I just feel like this is, um, I think he he covers for the CIA because at one point he was a lawyer for the CIA and he covered for them during the church committee hearings. You know, when we learn things like they have heart attack guns
8: i don't know i'm still on the fence on bar i you know it could it could change overnight <laughs> but at this point i'm still on the fence I, I just i can't handle all these people being dirty it's just really hard for me to cope with <laughs> so that's the way i can the only way i can cope with it is i just don't have all the proof at this point but i hope he's i hope he's not dirty i just i really do
5: He says, this had better be talking about Fusion GPS at the very least. Barr says, Durham's probe is now tightly focused on the conduct of Crossfire Hurricane, as well as the activities of certain private actors, but he does not elaborate as to uh, who these private actors are. I find that also kind of interesting. Barr says, most of the documents related to Crossfire Hurricane have already been made public this interview is a train wreck bar is frustrated that people want to know if anyone will go to prison for illegally spying on a presidential campaign and trying to overthrow the president really that's what's frustrating good grief
8: oh but my that's gosh. hearsay there because look it frustrates him so I, I don't. I've just gotten to the point now where I can't even believe anything that I read or see or hear, or anything anymore. It's just, ugh. You know, like no, it just sucks. This time sucks so bad. Yeah, I
5: just, I'm not. I don't really trust Bill Barr, and I'm. My concern is that they've gotten to everybody. That they've gotten to all the people who were on Trump's side, and most of them have turned on him. It seems like they're doing what they always do and protecting the institutions. I don't know. It, it's painful that the system is used against Republicans and that there is an AG not willing to do the same thing against Democrats, but that is the only way we find our way back. That's what he said. Yeah, that's how we find our way back to Democrats still using the system to go after Republicans again. Wow, it looks like they just did it. With the election!
1: Again!
5: (laughs) Good lord. Barr is glad he didn't reveal the DOJ investigation of the Biden crime family before the election, while social media censored every mention of it, and the corrupt media declared it to be a foreign disinformation campaign. Again, what a joke this interview is. Why would he be glad that he buried that story To what? Influence the election? What the hell is the... Anyways, this interview is a disaster. Let's hope John Durham is more determined than Barr was to hold people accountable for what they did to the president or else there really is one standard of justice. Democrats do whatever they want with no consequences.
8: One so we were, standard of justice. We were told that uh, there would be smear campaigns against bar. If you go back through the Q post, it, it talks about. Barr and Durham working closely together. Uh, if Barr actually did resign, which I'm I don't know at this point. I think we're still kind of up in the air on that. If he does, then I would expect him to go and be a prosecutor with Durham's team. So I don't know. <laughs> like I said, I I am just a fool for assuming people are good until they're they are proven bad. And that's one of my faults, but I'm still holding out hope for Barr
5: um and here's some of the comments this person says my concern is by the time durham is ready to make a move it'll be too late do people think biden's attorney general is going to let him operate unhindered blah 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 durham will be done right after americans are disarmed (laughs) yeah right uh i don't know after two years really i mean i think people are frustrated and that That article does not give me, like, confidence. It seems like, I don't know, what he's saying here is like, oh, you know, everything's fine. You know, we just have to, like, play by the rules. And it's like, but the Democrats don't play by the rules. And then you're refusing to hold them accountable legally for breaking those rules. And then you expect what? What do you expect to come from this? I don't know there and I don't see what was the purpose of withholding uh the information about the Hunter Biden investigation. He could only have done that for one reason as far as I can
8: see. Well, there's a couple though because those um the investigations it if you go back to the original release of the uh Hunter Biden laptop Uh, it's comp it's complicated because the it's a sealed grand jury so they can't comment on it even if they they want to it's a sealed grand jury covid well that story broke um a day before no a day after the um Maryland courts opened back up for from covid they'd been closed down for six months um, and I wouldn't expect the Attorney General or the FBI to comment on a sealed grand jury case so and and we don't know what that all links to we have received inclinations of, of what, how dirty he is and his links to China and, and all of that. Um, we also have to think about the Mueller investigation and how, you know, or I'm sorry, the Hillary Clinton email investigation and how much drama that caused of how they said that that was interfering in the election. So I kind of, I mean, I I don't know, again, he, if he's a good guy and if he kept it secret then he did it for a good reason if he's dirty <laughs> then he kept it secret to screw up the election but it's you know one or the other
5: yeah i'm not um i don't know i'm i feel like the clock is running out here um i I'm hoping that the mic is better. I mean you guys were saying you couldn't hear me before so I started holding the mic closer to my face and then you're saying not to do that because that's making other noises so um, this is now what you're gonna get. I'm putting it right here in front of me and it could be okay. All right so um, now I wanted to bring up the actual article about what they were talking about of hacking uh, into the uh, nuclear um, supply right our, our nuclear weapons stockpile. If you remember, um, I think it was right, right before the election, President Trump fired the lady that was overseeing this stuff. And I don't remember if they said what it was like why he had fired her. But I'm wondering if it was incompetence. And same with Christopher Krebs, they made it out like, oh, he's firing these people because he's mad. You know, or or to make him look bad, it's like, no, 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 wait a second. If these systems had been hacked into by a foreign adversary, if that is in fact what was going on, he had reason, good reason to fire these people. You know, I mean Krebs—he's the one that's supposed to be protecting. uh, No, they said she quit, but did she really quit? I mean, come on.
8: Right? Did she? Was she urged to quit? (laughs) (laughs) Did she? Did you? They give her the opportunity. You can submit your resignation, or you're fired. (laughs) Yeah, because that's
5: happened before. I mean, let's just be real—where people have decided suddenly to resign, or you know what I mean. But to me, it would make sense if. Trump knew about this stuff. He knew what they were doing, and he fired them for cause. And I think we might find out um, that that may be what is going on. U.S. Nuclear Weapons Agency breached amid massive cyber onslaught. DOE and NS, NNSA officials began coordinating notifications about the breach to their congressional oversight bodies. This, of course, comes from Politico. Um, and that stupid Natrasha. Hackers access systems at the National Nuclear Security Administration, which maintains the U.S. nuclear weapons stockpile. Very comforting. The DOE and NNSA, which maintains the U.S. nuclear weapons stockpile. The nation's security, Right. Have evidence hackers accessed their networks as part of an extensive espionage operation that has affected at least half a dozen federal agencies, officials directly familiar with the matter said. On Thursday, DOE and NSA officials began coordinating notifications about the breach to their congressional oversight offices. They found suspicious activity in their networks belonging to the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, FERC, Sandia, and Los Alamos National Laboratories in New Mexico and Washington, the Office of Secure Transportation at NNSA, and the Richland Field Office at the DOE. Now, I want to make clear that During the the past couple months, Los Alamos and Sandia National Labs have been focused on critical race theory. I shit you not. It's stunning. It's stunning. Critical race theory that he hires. Meanwhile, they're just allowing our nuclear weapons arsenal to be hacked into by China.
8: That's as scary as it gets. That's really as scary as it gets.
5: Stuff. I mean, we covered the whistleblowers from the national labs that showed the disturbing kind of classes they were being forced to take. Uh, Utterly ridiculous. And it's like, okay, this is what you fools are focused on while national security is at risk. Despite, by the way, the president's executive order against critical race theory. How stupid. What an embarrassment. What utter incompetence. And they're going to try to blame Trump for all this stuff and all of the shit that comes with it, all of the problems that come from it, they're going to try to blame it on him. No, not on my watch. The hackers have been able to do more damage at FERC than the other agencies. Oh, that's good. And officials there have evidence of highly malicious activity, the official said, but didn't elaborate. The official said that the CISA, Cyber and Infrastructure Security Agency, which has been helping to manage the federal response to the broad hacking campaign, indicated to FERC this week that CISA was overwhelmed and might not be able to allocate the necessary resources to respond to our weapons arsenal, our nuclear weapons arsenal. CISA is so overwhelmed after Christopher Krebs said we had the most secure election in the entire history of the country, that he, I guess, wasn't paying attention. So now our nuclear weapons, our codes to the nuclear weapons, are just out there now, just out there. This hack is still ongoing, by the way. They're still in our systems right now.
8: Shall we play a game? Hmm.
5: DOE will therefore be allocating extra resources to FERC to help investigate the hack, even though FERC is a semi-autonomous agency, the official said. Several top officials, including its former director Christopher Krebs, have been pushed out by the Trump administration or resigned in recent weeks. Gee, I wonder why you might fire them. Federal investigators have been combing through networks in recent days to determine what hackers had been able to access and/or steal. And officials at DOD, DOE still don't know whether the attackers were able to access anything. They've got no fucking clue what's been going on. How embarrassing. How how long has it been? Maybe since March? They've been in there almost an entire year, and you're focused on critical race theory and have no clue how compromised our nuclear weapons arsenal is. They note the investigation is ongoing, and they may not know the full extent of the damage for weeks. Shameful. What an embarrassment. Shilin Hines, a DOE spokesperson, said an ongoing investigation into the hack has found perpetrators did not get into critical defense systems. At this point, the investigation has found malware has been isolated to business networks only, and has not impacted the mission essential national security functions of the department, including the NNSA. When DOE identified vulnerable software, immediate action was taken to mitigate the risk. Oh, when they found out about it, when they identified it. Oh my God. And you know, if they did compromise, critical defense systems, it's not like they tell us anyways, so who really knows? The attack on DOE is the clearest sign yet the hackers were able to access the networks belonging to a core part of the U.S. national security enterprise. The hackers are believed to have gained access to the federal agency's networks by compromising the software company SolarWinds which sells IT management products to hundreds of government and private sector clients. DOE officials were planning on Thursday to notify the House and Senate Energy Committees, House and Senate Energy and Water Development Subcommittees, House and Senate Armed Services Committees and New Mexico and Washington State delegations of the breach. CISA, the FBI, and the ODNI acknowledged the ongoing... Cybersecurity campaign ongoing in a joint statement released on wednesday saying they had only become aware of the incident in recent days this is a developing situation and we'll continue to work to understand the full extent of this campaign now they're claiming it has all the hallmarks of russia's intelligence services oh really because the DOE just said they were concerned about the People's Republic of China, how utterly absurd there's
8: a, a there's a couple things to this so i i I have the same fear and frustration that you have as you read through this. It's absolutely terrifying to think that the enemy could have access to nuclear codes, nuclear weapons. Um, the first Mm -hmm. thing that I thought of though, is, you know, uh, you know, shall we play a game that is exactly from the movie war games, which is exactly about a kid or, you know, people hacking into the nuclear system and, uh, I have to assume, because again, I always look at things from the bright side, um, that they were prepared for this in some way. Um, we also have Q post 520, which um, talks about the missile that was launched, talks about DEFCON, and we get, in brackets, again, direct pre-knowledge, and we get, again, again, in brackets, warning alert. So I feel like... They, I feel like this has been prepared for. And I, I know that's putting a lot of faith in my president and my military. And I know that, uh, you know, <laughs> I might sound a little bit foolish in doing so, but I, I feel like this is, we were prepared for it. CISA and all of these other fools have just, like you said, shown their incompetence. And I'm just Poor praying. Complicity or complicity right i'm just you know i'm praying that you know patriots truly are in control but i just i just know based off of what we do know from the from the q drops from actual military intelligence that we've been forewarned about for years now that was q post 520 from 2018 so they had to have known that these attempts would be made i mean if with just with my background in in cybersecurity and watching i mean i used to stare at the cybersecurity attack maps just for hours on end and just watch them and you know this is a silent war it has been going on for years these you know none of this is a surprise it just so happens that they they found a back door and and penetrated but um i also have a lot of faith in in our military because these guys are skilled like crazy And um, somehow we're going to get through this. The good news is, is we're not dead yet, (laughs) right? So if they have this information since March, I feel fairly confident that, you know, we're not dead yet. (laughs) But, you know, again, that's just me. Positive outlook, glass is always half full.
5: It is disturbing, nonetheless, um, whatever this means. And they do note that the FERC, um it doesn't directly manage power flows but stores sensitive data on the grid that could be used to identify the most disruptive locations for future attacks. And so when they talk about the cyber pandemic, Schwab, and uh, you know, the DOE issues a statement about the grid. At risk of EMP, they're doing simulations on Plum Island for this exact thing. All at the same time, it's it's getting a little suspicious. You know, it's a little bit weird. I don't know what that means, Um, but something strange is going on. We'll say that. (laughs) (laughs) know <laughs> at yeah. least
8: we also um somebody hello, goodbye makes a good point. um reminds us that Q said the news is fake. The war is real. Um, we know news unlocks the map. these uh, and we know that their their method has always been in fear porn. they they want us to think, you know, well, look at what happened under Trump. You know, look, they hacked into these systems, and now our nuclear codes are at risk. And you know, I just. I don't like this time. it is truly information warfare, and we are at war guys there's it's a silent war, and we have to be careful you know we're on this emotional roller coaster ride and we have to somehow keep our wits about us because it's gonna get worse um the good news is is that you know By January 20th, it's got to be resolved or at least in the works. So, hopefully, that's all we can count on, you know, is the next 30 days. Cause I don't know how much longer I can stand it. I, I am, you know, (laughs) I'm one of those people that are on the roller coaster ride with white knuckles holding on for dear life while some people can throw their arms up and scream. (laughs) I'm holding on, you know, with white knuckles and and just, you know, thinking I'm going to die. So, um, you know, no. I uh, so much longer I can handle this, so it's it's got to be coming to, to a head here.
5: My concern is a faction within the government could be involved in this stuff. Now I think about continuity of government, the people behind that that you know went into Cheyenne Mountain and still haven't come out, and they went in in March. Interestingly, when these uh hacks, so-called hacks, you know, began probably in. I find that strange too and I just feel like there's definitely things going on in the background and I don't know we've got to be prepared for all possibilities um yeah this, for sure yeah they, they
8: this, could they could shoot a bomb any minute you know we've been living with that for our, our entire lives and now it, it's even more frightening but right Luckily, we're saved. So, <laughs> whatever happens after this life, I'm 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 pretty confident it's going to be better than this one. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Absolutely.
5: Um, Crimson says, "Yet, who actually hacked you? That's the question that needs to be answered. That's the million-dollar question right now. But um, I want to move on to this gentleman here because I think this was another thing that kind of went under the radar." that nobody really noticed. This guy was a Soviet toxicologist. He says COVID vaccine is a genocide bioweapon. Now he, um, this is the guy who defected here, I think around uh, the 1990s, yeah, 1993. Um, And uh, he, so he grew up in the Soviet Union and stuff. And I don't think a lot of people, I don't know how many people are aware of the Soviet's bioweapons program it was massive it was about seventy to five times bigger than ours and when we had signed this agreement with them to stop biological warfare they never went they signed the agreement but they never stopped we've had multiple defectors from their bioweapons program come here and discuss exactly the kinds of shit that they were doing and he says um His name is Igor Shepard. He called this a um, like a global communism thing. And uh, I'll just read this. Um, He worked for the I think it was the Wisconsin uh, Health Department. And then he either quit or was fired right after like the day after he did this speech where he called this a um, like a communist plot. And, they, you know, the media was making fun of him and calling him like a conspiracy theorist. You know how they smear people. Um, he's a toxicologist, Igor Shepard, 54, quote, I am a Russian military doctor and lived in Russia under communism until I relocated to America in 1993 during my military service in the Soviet Army during the late 1980s My commanders continually pummel the cadets with Russia's aim to transform the Western world into global communism. Their plans to do this was not through an invasion of war, but through careful infiltration into governments. Hello, infiltration instead of invasion, right? (laughs) Uh, And universities. In March of 2020, as I watched U.S. governors one by one forsake scientific medical rationale and proper pandemic response protocol and instead shadow communist China's unrealistic and harsh responses to the new COVID outbreak, I knew the infiltration to transform the Western world into communism was in full momentum. And that the COVID-19 pandemic was an utter and complete ruse with which to reset the world's governments and enslave humanity. Now, he either got fired or resigned the day after he did this speech. And uh, that kind of like, nobody really noticed this or kind of talked about this, except the mainstream media, like briefly making fun of him. Oh, You know, Wisconsin health official fired after claiming COVID is a communist plot. They don't even mention that this is a Soviet defector who, you know, understood the bioweapons program, was part of it, got many of their bizarre uh, vaccines and stuff that they were experimenting on. Now, um, I want to show the uh, Soviet biological warfare installations oh my God, look at this. And you know that they were not, um, they didn't have the best like containment of this stuff uh, and um, proper waste disposal. And in fact, in 2019, there was a, there were articles and news that briefly came out. And then once again, it was just like a blip on the radar about uh, a bioweapons lab in russia that had the plague smallpox and something else where they have like a leak there and it's like oh my god you know
8: good lord well, there's a lot of opportunities for things to go wrong there and you know russia is, is famous for cutting corners and having issues with cost and uh you know look at uh what happened in ukraine um uh, no, I can't think of the name of it. What's well, the reactor that melted down? Chernobyl. Yeah, Chernobyl. Um, yeah, and it's not just Russia. I mean, China is definitely heading that movement of biological warfare. And, you know, they just claim it under the guise of, you know, for humanity, we're trying to save people, and cancer research, and vaccines. But, um, you know, there is a line in the sand. It's just, it's the same conversation you can have about artificial intelligence, right? At one point, at some point, you have to say no. <laughs> and, you know, that's the problem when you're dealing with foreign countries who are always trying to up each other. And, you know, my... In my teenage years, it was nuclear. Now it's biological, right? That's that's the age that we're in. And uh, it's quite terrifying.
5: Looks like 34 different installations. Absolutely insane. And they're right on the border with China in some cases, or they were right by Iran, Turkey, Poland, Romania, Um So I just wanted to share that so people understand they had a massive bio-warfare program um, that I don't think the other thing is the Soviet Union never fell. That's the program called Perestroika Deception, which we covered. That whole story was to convince people that Oh, like Satan, right? Like the the greatest trick he played is convincing people he doesn't exist. Same thing with the Soviet Union. They've convinced people that they weren't a threat, that they were weak when in fact they were strong, just like Sun Tzu. They're not dumb. They knew what they were doing. And so, you know, I encourage people to keep that in mind now I wanted to um, bring this thread up because I saw this today, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is wild." Um, so this is this dealing with outbreak. April 2, 1979, Zverdlovsk, USSR, the first reports emerged in October 1979 by way of a Russian-language newspaper in Frankfurt, West Germany, that was close to the Soviet emigre community, which ran a brief report lacking any details about a major germ accident leading to deaths estimated in the thousands taking place in Russia. New details emerged in this same paper in the early 1980s with reports of an explosion at April 1979 at a secret military installation near Sverdlovsk that released a large amount of anthrax spores into the air So you can see a picture there of um, Zverdalovsk. This is the area where the anthrax came out into the air. Again, with 1,000 people estimated dead from the disease. There were reports that the area had been placed under Soviet military control with decontamination efforts implemented. Of course, this is when the Iron Curtain was still up. The story gained attention as British and West German newspapers ran stories on the catastrophe as these reports emerged, U.S. intelligence began to look more carefully at satellite imagery in signals intercepts from the spring of 1979 and found possibly corroborative signs of a serious accident, such as roadblocks and decontamination trucks around Compound 19, a military installation in spurred loss—let's show you some pictures here as well as a visit by Soviet Defense Minister Ustinov to the city. The anthrax explanation also seemed plausible given the past history of U.S. and Soviet efforts to develop the deadly microbe into a biological weapon. The Sverdlovsk anthrax leak is an incident when spores of anthrax were accidentally released from a military facility in the city of Sverdlovsk, formerly, and now again, Yekaterinburg, 450 kilometers east of moscow on april 2nd 1979 this accident is sometimes called biological chernobyl the ensuing outbreak of the disease resulted in approximately 100 deaths although the exact number of victims remains unknown The cause of the outbreak had, for years, been denied by the Soviet Union, which blamed the deaths on intestinal exposure due to the consumption of of tainted meat from the area and subcutaneous exposure to butchers handling tainted meat, an absurd story.
8: Kind of like bats in a market.
5: Uh (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's how silly it is. Uh, Just a year after signing on to the 1972 bioweapons ban, the Soviet Union actually expanded its bioweapons production via a massive new civilian program known as Biopreparat that employed 50,000 personnel scattered across 52 separate facilities. And why that's important is because The U.S. didn't do that. It actually shut down its germ warfare program. The only people that continued doing it was the CIA in secret. Um, And, uh, you know, it just goes to show you when anytime Russia or China sign on to any of these, like, non-proliferation agreements, they never abide by them. And, in fact, typically, they ramp up proliferation, you know, creation uh, in their— Hometown countries under secret programs. And so this is why um, we don't want to be signing these stupid non-proliferation agreements when it comes to things like our nuclear weapons, because they are not going to follow it. Bioprepareparat had manufactured hundreds of tons of a different dozen biowarfare agents designed to be spread by missiles, or sprayed out of airplanes.
8: Jeez. <laughs> That's scary. Oh, nice.
5: A deputy director of Biopreparat, uh, Kantanas uh, Alibelikov, uh, now Ken Alibek, would later emigrate to the US and give his account of the Sverdlovsk incident in his book Biohazard based on accounts he overheard from several colleagues. The bacteria originated from a bioweapons facility in Spread known as Compound 19A, built in 1946 using specifications found in the Japanese germ warfare program captured in Manchuria, according to Alec Beckhoff. The Japanese unit 731 was infamous during World War II for both testing and field deploying bioweapons targeting Chinese civilians. Compound 19A produced tons of anthrax in powdered form annually for release from ballistic missiles. In particular, a strain known as Anthrax-836 selected not designed because it was particularly deadly to humans. One day, Alibek places the date as March 30, 1979. Though most sources insist it was early April, a technician removed a clogged filter and left a note indicating it needed to be replaced. This is uh, Alibek, by the way. Through May, at least 99 Soviet citizens were infected and 64 died within a two-and-a-half-mile radius of the factory. Alibek claims he was told the actual count was closer to 105. For sheep, which were more susceptible to spores, cases were reported within 30 miles. Boris Yeltsin more or less supported Alibek's account when he admitted to the chemical weapons program an accident in a speech in 1993. Furthermore, Andre Miranyan yukuk head of special department of the Ural Military District, also testified in Ural Magazine in 2008. And there is Yeltsin laughing with Bill Clinton. Look at these two. What what is so funny to them that they're sitting there laughing like that?
8: Vodka. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <Right>. <laughs> oh my God! I don't even want to know. So I found that disturbing. Um, and then I thought this was interesting too. Uh, this article goes back to another old. Uh, issue Soviet defector says China had accident in a germ plant two most senior defectors from the Soviet germ warfare program say in a new book Soviet officials concluded China had suffered a serious accident at one of its secret plants for developing biological weapons Soviet researchers tried to turn HIV the virus that causes AIDS into a weapon and that even a As the last Soviet president, Gorbachev, pursued peace openings, the defector, now known as Kanalevich, says in the book that as deputy director of a top branch of the Soviet program, he knew of the disaster in China because he saw secret Soviet intelligence reports twice a month, spy satellites peering down at China found what seemed to be large bioweapons labs and a plant near a remote site for testing nuclear warheads. He wrote, intelligence agents found evidence that two epidemics of hemorrhagic fever swept through the region in the late 1980s. The area had never previously known such diseases, which caused profuse bleeding and death. Our analysis concluded they were caused by an accident in a lab where Chinese scientists were weaponizing viral diseases. Oh, that just sounds nice. Viral scourges that cause intense bleeding include Marburg fever and the dreaded Ebola virus. Huh. So I wonder, you know, how long has this kind of thing been going on with China, with Russia? I mean, that's pretty disturbing when you think about it. And, um, you know, how many other uh, bioweapons programs are there around the world it's one accident can cause something major so we have to keep that in mind i think that's kind of disturbing but look how they're using this stuff right i mean good lord anyways we're uh we're at the top of the hour here now um i have to uh i have to prepare i gotta at least go to bed early tonight because i have uh, church very very early tomorrow morning. <laughs> All right. Yeah. They're doing something really special for the kids though, which is gonna be really fun and, and Ree's looking forward to that. So
8: that'll be nice.
10: Awesome. <laughs> All right.
8: Well, always- good show. I'm gonna head on out. You guys have a good night. All right. Thanks, Roxy. And Radix. Bye. And those
9: uh children's Church programs yeah. are always a lot of fun, and Just I was always real involved with them, and Aww. I miss it.
5: Oh, this it is her lot. first time doing the um this the uh group like project. She's never done any of the little projects before, and they're going to talk about Saint Nicholas, and they're going to get these like gold coins or something. <laughs> I thought, well, she's going <laughs> to like that. Um, that'll be cute. Oh.
4: Okay, yeah. well,
9: you have a good night. Get, get some good rest.
5: I know. I got to make sure I get my, her clothes picked out for tomorrow and mine and oh. know, that I get to bed at a decent hour.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I
5: got to be up like at seven
4: to oh get my. there
5: on time. Yeah, oh. that's pretty early. <laughs> oh,
9: those were the days. I miss yeah. it, though. I mean, you know. It's worth it. Yeah, it, it's memories for re down the line
5: yeah and i went to like catholic school so i was always involved in this stuff and she's not in catholic school so you know it's important that she goes to church every weekend that she gets to Mm -hmm. be raised uh, and understand like the christian faith she needs to you know have that like relationship when she's young with jesus Um, and also just to have other kids who are also christians because she had one of the girls like at the top of the street um told her that god wasn't real and it really upset her oh my god and this is by the way a little kid whose mother had shaved half of her head you know it's like you know what kind of parent that girl had wow and told her that god wasn't real or didn't exist i can't believe any anybody would tell that to a 6 year old or a 7 year old like what is wrong with them
9: I don't know that, you know, it's just a sign of the times. I mean, hate to say it, but we've been uh, barreling at warp speed to uh, this moment where, you know, we have to raise our children right. And uh, church is a very important part of that And, and living it, showing them what it means to be a real Christian and uh, because they're going to encounter th- these people who've been brainwashed for the last several decades. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard.
5: And, you know, who would shave their kid's head into like that weird mohawk looking thing. Um, I don't know why anyone would do that to their kid. It's just bizarre. So, yeah, that's... Um... <laughs>
9: Just and and maybe the little girl asked her asked her to, but you know what? Yeah, as a parent, <laughs> we should use you know some common sense and discernment and say, "Oh, no, she didn't no. like
5: it. That poor kid. She hated it. it oh, it really? Was like the mother did this to her. Yep, and she didn't like it. She thought she looked like a little boy, um, oh. and it was like sad. I felt bad for her, and I just I feel so bad for that little girl that she doesn't have Jesus."